Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. I'm excited to be here. If you weren't here last week, you know, I just got back. Uh, we did, uh, I don't know, 30-some churches. It wasn't, I wasn't on vacation, just so you know. I was not on vacation. We did 30-some churches in nine weeks, eight states. And in the middle, I did a trip around the world to come back here for Ravi. So, yeah, uh, I didn't know where I was, when I was, and I'm tired, but I'm ready to rock and roll. And I'm excited to uh, give you the word. Uh, again, if you weren't here last week, I got to give you a little review anyways, because, and I'm going too fast already. I can tell I heard the, the minds of the translators going, slow down, slow down. So last week we talked about the bride uh, of Christ and, and that's us and how the bridegroom has come to be with his bride. Amen. And he came and it says in Ezekiel that like when he, it says in Ezekiel, he walked by us. And as he walked by us, he went, whoa, I know that's what you did, right? When you walked by Lee, I'm sure the first time you walked by Lee, you went, whoa, you know? And it says that when Jesus walked by us, he fell in love with us immediately and said, you know what? I want to be your husband. I want to marry you. And, and like, you know, it says that he took his, he took his, his garments and his garments covered our nakedness and his garments are glory and our nakedness is our shame. And so he took our shame and he covered it with glory. Can I get an amen? I don't know about you, but to me, that is the number one thing. I remember when I first came to Jesus, it was to me, the most freeing thing for me was to realize that Jesus had forgiven me of all my sins. And like, I had a bunch of them. So, uh, and if you don't know, if you don't have a bunch of them, just come to me, I'll point them out for you. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Easy to point out sin. We all have it, right? But God like covered me and I can't, I'll never forget even just like walking into the college campus, walking into one of the classrooms and I was just like, didn't realize I was actually singing out loud because I was just so thankful that all that shame that I had been walking with was just wiped away and he covered me with his glory. He covered me with his goodness. He covered me with his grace. And, and so this is what the Lord did. He came down and he met us and it says that he paid a price. Now we talked about how in the culture of the Jewish culture, how in the family, uh, two families would meet and then they would negotiate the price. So the bridegroom would have to pay for the bride. And I mentioned how fast that, uh, that uh, negotiation must have been because this bridegroom has everything. I mean, he's the richest, most powerful uh, being in the universe. And he walks into the room and he says to the family of the bride, which is you and me, he says, I'll give you everything I have and I will die for you. I don't think there was much discussion after that because we receive way more than we ever deserved. And God has given us everything we need. And it says in, in the Jewish culture and even in the Bible, we know that he puts a deposit. He pays for us. And then it says he goes to prepare a place for us. And so that the, the Lord is now up in heaven preparing a place for us. And if you want to know what that place looks like, you simply read Revelations chapter 21 and 22. 
It's a new heaven and a new earth. And the river flows out of the throne of God. And it flows through the, through the city. And there's, there's trees on either side for the healing of the nations. And it says that there's, I don't even know how you describe it. There's streets of gold. He doesn't even want to give us old stuff. He's going to recreate this whole world and it's going to be brand new, sinless. That is what is in store for us. That is what is guaranteed. Can I get an amen? You're not awake yet. Amen? amen. This is what is in store for you. And he left a deposit for us. And today I want to share about this idea of, of like, I kind of started mentioning it last week. About how we as the bride are to make ourselves ready. Are to make ourselves ready for the bridegroom's coming. So that on the day he returns, you know, the Bible says, Jesus Jesus says it this way. When I return, will I find faith in the earth? That word's an interesting word, faith. It's an interesting word. I like it because out of this is the first verse that I want to read to you out of James. Because when I began to, to, to talk about this, and I'm going to talk about baptism today, I don't think I've ever actually preached on the subject directly. And, and that's kind of what I'm doing today. Today, this afternoon, we have a baptism. And I don't know, I thought maybe I'd just share it. It all kind of fits together. And so, but this verse in James is the one that came to my mind. And so I want to read it to you. James chapter 2, it's verse 14 and verse 18. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds or by what I do. And basically, if I could sum that verse up into one simple sentence, three simple words, talk is cheap. Talk is really cheap. I remember my brother who now actually serves God in a very, very powerful way. Um, but when he was around 20 years old, he decided that he was going to uh, start going to church and, and wear the Christian banner. Let's just say it that way. And uh, I remember he you know, started doing this and, 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 and in between Sundays, it was a lot less than the Christian banner. I mean, it was just not the way to live. And I remember him trying to actually share the gospel with my older brother. He started telling him, hey, you know, you need to start going to church. You need to start, you know, you need to follow Jesus. And my brother, with a very simple statement, basically shut him up very quickly. He basically just looked at him. He said, when you start living what you're saying, I'll start listening. And we all know how difficult it is sometimes when, when, when uh, we're trying to serve God and there are others who aren't. And then, and then we get blamed for the whole idea of Christianity being a bunch of hypocrites. Who wants to acknowledge that they're a hypocrite today? Okay, all those who did not raise their hand are hypocrites right now. <laughs> <laughs> because we're all, we've all done this, right? I, I, and, and I'm, I, in trying to talk about this, at the beginning, I might seem a little uh, jumbled. This, this, this might seem a bunch of thoughts, and then eventually it'll all come together. But this idea of faith, faith without deeds, faith without, uh, is, is, it's dead. You know, I used to take the kids when I, when I would teach the kids um, you know, I would, I would try to teach them about the wind. 
And, and I would say, look, outside. And we'd be looking at trees. And I'd say, look, can't you see it? And they're like, what? What? What do I see? And I'd say, look, what do you see? We see the leaves. We see the trees. I said, no. You see the effects of the wind. You can't see the wind. You can't see the wind. But the winds have effects. I can't look into your heart. People cannot look into your heart, but they can see the effects of your belief. They can see what you manifest because what you manifest is kind of inside you. How many, how many know what the third law, Newton's third law of motion is? Anybody know? Third law of motion. Anybody know what that is? All right, I'll read it to you. The Newton's third law. I know it sounds random, right? Trust me, it's not. It says every action, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know, it's quite interesting. If I, like, I'm trying to find a wall here. Let's say I come against this wall, right? And I, and I start pushing this wall. As I push this wall, you realize this wall is pushing back, right? The same amount of energy that I'm putting into this wall... That wall is pushing back. As a matter of fact, not only is this wall pushing, my feet are actually creating energy and pushing. And the floor is actually pushing back. Sounds weird, right? Let, Brandon, where are you? That's why I brought this. Make it a little bit easier for you to understand. Okay. I, I, I was going to do this, but I decided, you know. Yes. And, 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 and we already had Brandon sign the liability statement. So if he gets hurt, you know, all cameras off. We don't want anything to, no. <laughs> Brandon's done this a few times. I mean, he, he's been trying to do a trick ever since I put this out there. You going to try it again? All right, go ahead, go ahead, do the trick. He's so nervous. He's so nervous. I can tell there's too many people watching. You want to try it one more time? You sure? Are you going to be okay? If it, yeah, okay, good, good. Because you're forgiven if you fail. That's how, that's how Christ works, just so you know. <laughs> All right, we're getting better. We're getting better. Okay. All right, but that's not the whole object, okay? I just wanted to have some fun with him. All right, so Newton's third law of motion, right? It's easier to understand when it's like this. So see, he's still, right? And so when I stand here, right? If he pushes me, that same force that he pushes me with will actually be exerted on him. Okay, so just do it simple. All right? See? And so he moves away, right? Because that's what the... There you go. That's what Newton's law works, right? And the harder he pushes, the stronger he pushes, right? The more energy that he will actually receive from... He's actually receiving it from me. So let's see how far you can do it. Okay, see? Very simple, right? Now, really what's going on here, I want to read a scripture verse to you. Don't go anywhere, Brandon. Okay? In Acts chapter 2, it says this. Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent or turn from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, faith is what gets us from one place 
to another. Faith is what causes us to move away from one thing and to another. So when Brandon is here, when Brandon decides to follow God, what he does is he, in his faith, he exerts energy. And that energy, as he pushes, go ahead, as he pushes, that energy moves him away from evil and towards God. Away from evil and towards God. And if, you know, that's why, like, if we say, that's all right, I'm done with you. I love you. Everyone give me a hand, yeah? Very, very simple. And so that's why sometimes you hear the statement out of James. Faith without works is dead. Why? Because it's like someone, oh, Lord, help me. It's like someone standing on this, saying they have faith, but never moving. That's why they say it's dead. Why? It's dead of energy. It shows no energy. It shows no movement. See, and if you have that kind of faith, you don't move, right? You don't move. And here it says, each one of you must turn, must in your faith, you put your faith in God and you turn from sin and you move towards God. This is why with faith and belief, we move away from the things that are not of God to the things that are of God. It's that simple. I love this verse. It says that John the Baptist, he went from place to place on both sides of the Jordan preaching that people should be baptized. Now, why should they be baptized? To show that they have repented of their sins And turn to God to be forgiven. So baptism is one of those acts that you push in faith away from what is evil. And you move towards that which is God. It's also, and I'll talk about it in a minute. It's also to identify you as the bride. I like this. Jesus said it this way. He said, I speak to you an eternal truth. If you embrace the message and believe in the one who sent me, you will never face condemnation. For in me, you will pass from the realm of death to the realm of life. How do you do that? You believe, you put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus. And so putting your faith and trust in the Lord moves you. Into the direction of God. And this is what God is calling us to do. And this is what it's all about. Now, it's really funny as we go on. And I'm I'm going through because I ran out of time in the first one. I'll probably have extra here, but that's okay. As we look in this idea of baptism. We look at the Lord Jesus. And, oh, you know what? Yeah, we'll go on. I won't chase that rabbit. And here it is in Matthew chapter 3. We see it again. And then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to be baptized by him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. I find this quite interesting and kind of funny 
I always get, I always laugh at conversations that people have with God, especially when they argue about to God about what they're supposed to do. I think that's kind of funny. You know, Jesus comes to John. He says, I need to be baptized. And, and, and John's trying to talk him out of it. It's, it, how many have ever had that happen? God says, go do this. And you start trying to, God, no, that's the bad idea. I don't, you know, I mean, I've had those conversations with God. They're kind of foolish, you know, but that's what we do. We have these kind of conversations with God. And God comes to John because John, you know, John has been saying, hey, there's one coming after me who's way more powerful than I. He's way more amazing than me. He is actually my boss. And when he comes, right? I baptize in water. When he comes, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. But in this passage, we see Jesus being baptized. Why? Why is he being baptized? Well, one is he's trying to show us an example of what we must do. You know, and recently... Recently, people misunderstood me. Uh, I don't often post. I posted something. They didn't really get it. That's okay. It's okay. But I like what one, 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 one man said. You know, there's no reason to be listening to someone who's not doing something better than you. I remember my father, we were playing golf one time and, you know, my father, he, he used to be a decent golfer. He's now 83. So, I mean, how good of a golfer can you be at 83? You know, I'm just happy he's hitting the ball. But I remember when he was a little bit younger, he was hitting the ball. And, and after he hit one drive, it wasn't very good. This guy started telling my father what was, you know, what he was doing wrong. And I'm just watching. And, and my father came and sat back in the, in, the, in the cart, in the golf cart. And I said to him, I said, Dad... What's, what do you shoot? What do you usually normally shoot? He's around 90. I said, what does he normally shoot? About 110. I said, don't listen to him. He doesn't know what he's doing. Listen to someone who maybe is like an expert, right? Why should you listen to someone who's not doing it, right? Why should you listen to someone? Why should you do what, something if someone has never done it and hasn't shown that it can be done, Right? Very simple, right? Here's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega being baptized and we're arguing with him. I don't need to be baptized. You find that kind of, I find that kind of foolish, don't you? I find it kind of silly. When we argue with the one who's doing it, who's been, who's the creator of everything, who has more power than anyone you've ever seen and he's saying, do it this way and you're going, we don't have to do it that way. No, you don't. No, you don't. Now, I want you to notice something in this passage. It's very interesting. Because when Jesus gets baptized, what happens next? It says, the heavens open. And here's the truth. Obedience opens up heaven. I like this next verse in Second Kings chapter 5. It says this. It says, Sir, now this young uh, sword bearer is talking to this warrior. And he says, Son, if the prophet, sir, if the prophet told, uh, had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? 
So you should simply obey when he says to do something simple like go and wash. See, the prophet told this man who was sick to go to the, the, the Jordan and dip seven times in the Jordan. And the warrior's like, what? Why do I have to do something so foolish, so simple, so easy? But if the prophet had said, go fight the Philistines and, and wipe them off the face of the earth, he'd have been going there. Why, if God is telling us to do something simple, do we argue with him? Because you know what? Ha, huh. Indonesians, sedikit sedikit lama lama menjadi bukit. Small steps of obedience bring about great change. That's why even like small steps of kindness will change your heart. You know, we always look to do something really big. But if we just do small things of kindness for people, that's my next series about kindness, you would be amazed at how, how awesome it is. My, my friend, he, he, he wanted to just get to know his next door neighbor. And, his, and like always like, hi, he's trying to be really nice to him, hi. And the guy just like ignored him. Never talked to him. But one day there was a hurricane that came through the, the, the area and this big tree fell down and, and, and like crossed over the neighbor's driveway. So he couldn't even get his car in or out. And it was raining and pouring. And, and, he, and my, my friend looked out the window and there was the man with his chainsaw cutting up the tree. And so my friend had a chainsaw. So he went and got his chainsaw, put on his thing. And for three hours, they never talked and said nothing. They just cut. And when it was done, they were both exhausted. The guy went in the house. My friend went in his house. Next day, my friend's out in the yard. The neighbor drives by. Hey, how you doing? Of course. Because now he's done some small act of kindness. When God tells us to do a small act of obedience, why do we resist? Why sometimes do we argue with him when he's simply saying, you know what? I want you to be my bride. And the first step is baptism. You know, you ever been, Leah, I know you're my friend, so I can use you. You're in the front row. Okay. Okay. So let's say Leah and I, uh, we're, we just, we just started kind of like maybe dating, you know, we're kind of like boyfriend and girlfriend, you know what I mean? But maybe not too public yet, you know? Right. And all of a sudden, you know, Lee and I walk into a, a restaurant and I run into Wes and Wes is there. And I say, hey, Wes, nice to meet you. Hey, I want you to meet. Um, this is Leah. How would that make you feel? Not too good, right? Not too good. You'd be like, oh, no, I thought I was like, I thought I was your girlfriend. I thought I thought I thought. But you don't want to even acknowledge. Go ahead, you can sit down. You don't even want to acknowledge me in public that I am yours. Simple acts of obedience that God asks us to do. And yet, we're afraid to do them. 
And then you see, when you do that act of obedience, it says it here, it says, the heaven opened. When Jesus got baptized, then the heaven was opened. Then the Father said, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Then we see, actually, in Acts chapter 2, what does he say? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sin. Then the heavens will be opened and the Holy Spirit will descend on you. Simple act of obedience. He's just asking us to do very simple acts of obedience. See, when we do these acts of obedience, we're actually saying, I identify, I identify with the bridegroom. I am, I'm I'm being identified as the bride. Imagine this. Imagine this idea of identification. I mean, Jesus said it this way. I tell you the truth. Anyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, the son will acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. In that example I used with Leah, I I have a feeling if she was to go home after that event, you know, she wouldn't acknowledge me as her boyfriend to her family. Right? She like, hey, did you go out with your boyfriend tonight? I don't know. Not really sure. Used to be sure, not so sure now. Think about it. Here's, as, as we used, as we talked last week in the analogy and the custom of Judaism, the, 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 the bridegroom would come in, he'd find this woman, he'd say, I want to marry you. Here's, here's a down payment. Here's, here's a ring. Here's some clothes. Here's some money. Here's so people know that you are taken. Here is what I have. I'm going to go and now I'm going to go prepare a place for you. I'm coming back to get you, right? Imagine this happen. Imagine you're in the village, right? And you see this happen and, and you hear the, whoa, you know, Leah's taken, you know, right? Sorry, Leah. I'm going to use you again. Forgive me. And about three months, maybe four months, maybe five months later, all of a sudden, you see Leah. You're out, you're out in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a club. And you see Leah there, and she doesn't have her ring on, she doesn't have her clothes on, and she's dancing with a guy. Leah, I thought you were taken. See what I'm saying? How would you like it if all of a sudden you were that bridegroom and you got a phone call? Jesus up in heaven, you know, Jesus, you know, your bridegroom down, your bride down here. I mean, I just saw her, you know, I don't know. She didn't have the wedding stuff you gave her. She didn't have her ring on. You might want to know. It's getting quiet in here. It's truth. It's truth. Simple acts of obedience start this whole process. But the idea of being identified with the king, that's what, in a sense, baptism is. Baptism is a, is a way to identify that you say to the world, I am taken. I know who I am. I know who I am. I am yours and you are mine. When we were singing that song, it really kind of just came to me because I was, I was really, really blessed. Because that song is about me talking about who I am. But I got this picture in my mind, and now I'm getting this major deja vu, um, that, that Jesus 
During that song, Jesus is up in heaven and he's telling his father, They are accepted. They are my friend. They are forgiven. I know who they are. I've made them alive. I've made them free. And they belong to me. Woo! I don't know about you, but that gets me excited when I think about Jesus telling his father that I am his. And now it's time that I tell the world that I am his. This is why if we really, honestly, in good faith, believe, we will move away from evil and we will move towards God. In everything we do, we will move away from evil towards that which is God. And, and I almost, ha- in my mind, it's almost like I can see this picture in my mind of, of like darkness and light. And as we push away, we kind of move into the light. And as we move into the light, it's like open heavens, grace upon us, mercy, all the stuff that we talk about, it's over here. It's not over there. We must turn away from those things and move towards that which is God. And so this is the idea. I mean, and then finally, and I'll close with this. Uh, that means you guys can come out because I'm not going to go too much over this time. They were getting ready because last time I was quite over. But in, Re- in Romans chapter 6, it says, Do you not know that all who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We therefore are buried with him through baptism into his death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live in newness of life. This small act of obedience of baptism is that we, 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 get, we get baptized and it's symbolic of us going down and being buried. I'm identifying with dying with Christ. I'm identifying that I was crucified with Christ. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That, hallelujah, we should no longer live in sin. I don't know about you, but that's what the scriptures say. And so we're buried with Christ. That whole idea of water covering us and cleaning us. Now we're covered completely, both inside and out. And then we come up and we're in the newness of life. And finally, when, when we look at this idea of identifying, it's like, you know, now Leah, you got married. You, you got married, right, Leah? And how, how many years? Nine years. You've wanted to have a baby for probably about the last seven or eight, yeah? You just had one. So when things didn't work out after the first three years, did you say, mm, you know, I'm not going to identify with my husband anymore because it's not working out? No. See, when you get married, when you say I do at the wedding, that's just the start. That's like the beginning. You know, I always say when, when you get married, there's six people that get married at that wedding. You know, the person that you think you are, the person that she thinks you are, and the person that you really are. And then the other three, and then you all move in together. And the party begins. That happened to me. 
I remember moving in with my wife who was quiet and I'm loud. I remember moving in with my wife who's organized and I'm disorganized. I remember all these things that happened to us as we moved in together. And I'm like, I didn't know that about you. I remember meeting her family going, wow, they're weird. And she meeting mine and going, wow, they're weirder. I am more one with my wife now than I was when I got married. I'm more, hopefully, hopefully, I'm trying, Lord God, and in faith, I'm moving away from the things that are not of you, and I'm becoming more like you every day, so that when you come back, Lord, I will be ready, a bride without spot or wrinkle, wearing white robes because of the righteousness that I have done. This is what God is asking us. This is what he's asking us. I said it. I'm going to end the same way I ended last week. God is saying, I want to marry you. I want to be your husband forever and ever and ever. And you don't need to worry about anything. I will take care of everything. I will cover you and give you everything you need. Now, will you marry me? Will you take the step and say, I am going to move away from the things that are not of you and I'm going to be identified with you. That's what he's saying. That's what he's asking. So we're going to close with prayer. And, 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 and in that prayer, if you, if you have not been baptized, that's like the simplest thing. That's like step point zero one. That's the first step. That says, you know what? It's time for me to be identified and to move towards God and say, I want him. If you haven't been baptized, I want you to see me in the, in the connection corner, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, just talk to me because we have a baptism today. Wait a minute. Let me just, let me just set the stage for you so I can get in more trouble. I had something planned this afternoon, which means now I got to interrupt my time kind of glad Jesus interrupted his time and came down to earth and died for me. You know, when I left America, uh, my father's 83. I studied his face. My mom's 83. I studied their face because you may not see it again. You just don't know. You know, when Jason came, his father died. You know? So when I see him again, I'm going to run to him. I'm going to run really hard to him. I'm going to give him a big kiss, my father, if I see him again while he's still alive. Because I want to be with him. See, that's what he's saying. He's saying, Do, you, you don't know when your last time is. So now's the time to run to him because he's here. Now's the time to get to know him. Now's the time to become like him. Because when he comes, it's the end. So if you've never been baptized, do it. I'm going to share one more thought because they gave me three more minutes. Ha! Do you remember, maybe you weren't here, but like last year we were getting, we were already in the building. It was still not totally finished. And all of a sudden all the earthquakes came and the back wall fell. And, 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 then, and then we met two floors down in the open space area. You know, I mean, we were, it was all just, you know, it was just makeshift stuff. We were just 
putting it all together. And I remember saying, I said to people, I said, you know, I said, you know what? God wants us to do simple things like continue to gather together, you know? So, so it's going to be a little more difficult. So don't go on vacation. I remember saying that. Don't go on vacation. Everybody's like, yes and amen. Then we moved into the jolly jolly. Air conditioning. Tough seating. Sound system not good. And a bunch of people went on vacation. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just saying the truth. God wants us to take steps and stay firm and continue to walk in the way he wants us to walk. No matter what happens. That's what I would ask for my wife. And she would ask that for me. That's what Jesus is asking you. So let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. And maybe, as I said last week, maybe, maybe you never have acknowledged Jesus Christ publicly. We'll start with the little things. We'll do it easy. If, if that's you, if you've never acknowledged Jesus publicly and you want to do that, just raise your hand. At least the guys up here will see and you'll be doing it publicly. It's a start. Is there anyone here that wants to acknowledge Jesus for the first time in their lives publicly? If that's you, raise your hand. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Okay. If you have not been baptized and you believe in Jesus, I want you to meet me in the, uh, the, the connection corner in the back afterwards because I believe God wants you to get baptized. He's calling you to. He said, be baptized. Every one of you. Lord Jesus. Such a beautiful song. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. Father, today we give our lives to you. Father, I know that there are people here that probably are just still shy. Lord, help them to walk in obedience. Help us all to walk in simple obedience because I know when we do the heavens will be opened